Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 105 of The Sco Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield. Happy to be here in the big chair for today, Monday, May 4th, 2020. May the 4th be with you. We've made it to May. So pat yourself on the back for that one. Job well done. You made it this far. So stick along for the rest of the ride here as we get into the NFL offseason and hopefully very soon an NFL preseason. Today's show, loaded show for you. We're going to talk some Jamar Smith and a steamy night down in Death Valley in the second half of the show. At the first half of the show, in the first half of the show, i got a little something fun planned for you as well. But before we do anything, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work. Places like Inside the Pylon, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Not one, not two, but three SB Nation websites. Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, where I co-host the newly named QB Factory with Michael J. Kist. And of course, right here at Pat's Pulpit. And also, I touched on wire. And we're going to begin with that USA Today site here because... I want to tell everybody a little story about my Sunday morning. Like like many of you in the world we live in right now, our days probably begin almost exactly the same, right? Either the alarm goes off, the eyes pop open, however you wake up, and the first thing you do is you reach for the phone, right? You can be honest. You're among friends. So you reach for the phone first. I get it. That's That's how I begin every morning, right? Usually it's on the nightstand. Some nights it's just laying in the bed with me. You reach for the phone, you check the email, you check the texts, you check the DMs on Twitter, you check the Twitter timeline. I mean, that's usually the the sequence I go through. I don't know about you. And so I got myself er, up early on Sunday. I had a big day planned. Your boy's lawnmower broke. So I had to I had to take it to Home Depot, which in terms of timing on your lawnmower breaking, the midst of a global pandemic is probably near the bottom of times you you want your lawnmower to go out. But say la vie, life goes on. So I got to get myself up early. I want to try to beat the crowd to Home Depot. Of course, failed in that effort because it was a mob scene. Everybody practiced in the social distancing, the, the masks and everything. So kudos to everybody for the effort. But as I was getting myself ready and getting ready to, you know, just get out of bed, I'm checking the timeline. And we had seen Saturday night that the Dallas Cowboys signed quarterback Andy Dalton. And a lot of people had sort of speculated, oh, Dalton's going to find his way to, to New England, of course, right? But he didn't. He went to Dallas. And so when I woke up Sunday morning and was scrolling through the timeline, I saw, interestingly enough, a lot of people who either follow and or cover the Dallas Cowboys almost angsty about the move. And many of them, saying things like, why didn't the Patriots sign him? Do the Patriots even have a planet quarterback? Dalton would have been great in New England. It was almost like they should have signed Andy Dalton and saved us from ourselves because now we're going to have to talk about Andy Dalton and a potential, believe it or not, quarterback controversy if they can't reach a long-term deal with Dak Prescott. And it's like, why couldn't New England have stepped in? Shouldn't they have done this? Shouldn't they have signed him? Isn't he their plan? They don't have a plan at quarterback. And as I'm scrolling through the Twitter timeline and I'm seeing tweet after tweet after tweet from accounts big and small talking about this idea that the Patriots don't have a plan at the quarterback position, I found the blood pressure rising. I was getting angrier and angrier. And it didn't help that I had a long time to wait at Home Depot. And a column formed in my mind. And I was told years ago by an editor 
to write angry. When you're angry, that's when you write. That's when you do your best work. You write angry. If something you see on Twitter or elsewhere makes you infuriated, sit down and write about it. And so that's what I did. I spent the early part of my Sunday afternoon writing a piece that by the time you listen to this should be up on Touchdown Wire. It is titled, Yes, Virginia, There Is a Plan, Jarrett Stidham. And I take sort of a multifaceted approach to highlighting for the people that just refuse to admit it, the hows and the whys of why Jarrett Stidham is the planet quarterback in 2020. And it starts with how the Patriots view the quarterback position. Those of you in the Slack channel, you probably saw sometime on Sunday, I put out a clarion call. Dave Archibald answered it, like the great person he is. A clarion call for comments, press conference transcripts, notes, whatever, after the Patriots drafted Stidham. Because in the first section of this piece, I wanted to highlight how this organization views the quarterback position. And I start with Steve Belichick's book, Scouting Football Methods, and I take you through other quotes about Belichick, from Belichick, excuse me, on players, quarterbacks, etc., etc., etc. And, for example, Belichick gave a clinic at Ohio State in 2017. He was asked to talk in part about the players that he covets in his organization. For me, and I'm quoting from Belichick now, tough, smart, dependable. That's where I would start. Tough, mentally and physically. Smart, good decisions, good football understanding, high football IQ. Belichick on Brady in 2018, he told CNBC what makes Brady great? Three traits. Strong work ethic, think strategically, and he stays in the moment. To the point about thinking strategically, Belichick said this about Brady. On the field, he sees things. He's got a great ability to take and process a large amount of information very quickly. He has great football vision, awareness, and understanding, again, of what we do and what our opponents do. When the Patriots draft Garoppolo, Belichick, again, on the quarterback position, quote, the general qualities a quarterback needs to have are being able to manage the game, being able to do what the team needs to win, be accurate, be smart, and be productive. And you all probably remember Daniel Jeremiah's scouting notes that he tweeted out before the draft, where about the quarterback position, Belichick said this at the top. Number one is to make good decisions. And then he goes on to say, emphasis on our game will be on decision, time, and accuracy. Guy needs to be confident. Intelligence is important, but not as much so as field awareness and judgment. These are the things that they stress at the quarterback position. Now, how does Jarrett Stidham fit into that? And to address that part of it, I think it's important to look at where Jarrett Stidham was not before the draft, when he was drafted, but even back the summer before his final year at Auburn. Because Dave Archibald, again, I had forgotten about this. Dave pulled up a video that Matt Waldman and I did in August of 2018. So it was the summer before his final year at Auburn. And bear in mind, his second to last year at Auburn, here's what Auburn did. They went 10-2, and including the win over Alabama in the Iron Bowl. A berth in the SEC championship game. During the regular season, he threw three touchdowns against Georgia in a win and completed 75% of his passes in the Iron Bowl. There were many, myself included, that thought, this kid could really rise up draft boards. And I linked in the piece the video that Matt and I did. And going into the video, this was these were the things that I liked about Stidham. 
going into that video, going into his final season at Auburn. Anticipation, progression reads, good footwork, and ability to influence defenders with his eyes, process and speed. Those were the things I highlighted. Matt and I did a video. It's about an hour long, maybe even a little bit more than that. 95% of it is on Stidham, and at the end we talk about potential scheme fits. I said New England. Now, he didn't have the great year that many thought, myself included. And when I was doing my rankings for the senior bowl quarterbacks, I ranked him like eight out of nine. I mean, he was, he, I only had him above Trace McSorley, I think. But here's what I wrote about him. Quote from a piece I wrote over at Big Blue View. I'll admit that I was hoping for more from him this season, but things down in Auburn seemed off all year and not just for Stidham. I do agree with Joe Marino of the Draft Network, shout out to Joe, and that if there is one passer that could rise this week, it is Stidham as I think he'll look great in seven-on-seven drills and in a different offense. I'll still have concerns even if he does have a good week, but the potential for a draft season rise is present. The rise did take place, and of course, I dropped in a little picture of me and your new Patriots starting quarterback chatting at the Senior Bowl. But he looked great in Kyle Shannon's offense. He showed over the course of the week that he could be the passer I thought he was when I was studying him that summer. That week in Mobile, who was confident, decisive, worked through progression reads faster than the other quarterbacks, many of whom were drafted before he was. In my senior bowl recap over at Big Blue View, here's what I wrote. If you could have placed a bet pre-senior bowl on which quarterback might see his stock rise based on practice week, Stidham would have been a wise selection. His past two seasons at Auburn showed moments of promise, but between the offensive system and the talent around him, his final season was largely underwhelming. But Stidham has raw tools and traits, and they were on display during practice at Lad People Stadium. His decision-making was sound throughout the week, and he showed the ability to move defenders with his eyes. Perhaps my favorite read and throw from any quarterback this week was a throw he had Wednesday when he moved the underneath linebacker in a cover-one scheme towards the tight end with his eyes and then threw a slant right into the spot the linebacker vacated, and he made throws with good velocity and placement. As an aside, if that doesn't remind you of Tom Brady... I have a piece to back up that same throw from Tom Brady that he made against the Chiefs in the playoffs in, I think, the 2014 season, where you've got that sort of tosser concept. You've got to stick to the right, tosser to the left. You've got the underneath linebacker who wants to take away that route. You move him with your eyes. You get him out of position. You get him to do something that he's not supposed to do, and then you throw the slant. Stidham did the same exact thing. Back to the piece. His week does not erase two years of game film, but it has many headed back to the film to see if anything was missed. Stidham, named the Offensive Practice Player of the Week by a vote from NFL scouts, certainly helped himself and is now perhaps in that day-two mix. When the Patriots drafted him, Nick Casario had this to say about New England's new quarterback. Everything goes into it. I mean, everything goes into it, so it's just part of our process that we go through. But he's a smart kid, pretty mature, and picks things up well. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, he's going to transition into a system that's a bit different in terms of play calling and some of the other things he's going to be asked to do here. He's an impressive kid. He's very mature, and we'll see how it goes. Wisdom, maturity, intelligence. Check in the boxes. Now, it seems like the frustration with the Patriots not signing somebody else stems from the belief that there will be better options at the position for them. And as an aside, there has been sort of a cottage industry over the past, say, five years that has broken out of the Brady is approaching the cliff industry, right? You know the names. We don't need to go through them here. But an offshoot of that branch is who's the next guy? Who's the guy that's going to replace Brady? In 2017, you know, there were thoughts that maybe they draft a quarterback. You know, and they did. They 
you know, in 2016, excuse me, they drafted Brissett. You know, 2018, maybe they move off for Rosen or, or Baker. You know, and obviously with Brady gone now, it was Jameis or Cam Newton or Dalton, of course. And people just seem to believe, look, any of these guys would be a better option. In a vacuum, if you were to sort of rank Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, and Jared Stidham as quarterbacks in an absolute vacuum, Stidham might be number four on that list. In an absolute vacuum. Similarly, if you were given free reign to start an exhibition, I mean, excuse me, an expansion franchise right now, and those were your four choices of quarterback, all else, then everything else being equal, like no salary cap, nothing whatsoever, clean slate, Stidham might not be your number one guy. But here's the thing, and it seems like people can't seem to get this part of it as well. Not only does Stidham fit what they want at the position, again, do you think sort of wisdom, maturity, decision-making, that fits with Jameis Winston's 30 interceptions? Jared Stidham fits the economic model for this team right now and into next year. We all know the roadmap. You get that rookie quarterback or that quarterback on his rookie deal and you get him to play well when he's a cost-controlled asset, right? His contract right now, four years, $3.15 million. That's it. And they are in a tough position financially. And so if they can get Jared Stidham to be effective, they need to find out sooner rather than later. Because if they roll him out next year and he was great, then you've got him for two more years on this four-year, excuse me, $3.15 million deal. And by the way, next year, they might have, according to over the cap, around $100 million in space under the cap. So if they can get Jared Stidham up to speed to a point where they don't feel like they need to address quarterback in 2021, you've got $100 million to play with. Here are some free agents that are available prior to next season. A.J. Green, Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, Keenan Allen, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, and that's just a wide receiver. So they need to know right now, this season, 2020, what they have in this kid. Because if they've got the guy, they can spend a ton of money elsewhere. If they don't have the guy, then you got to figure it out. But if you're unsure if he's the guy going into 2021, then you might have to spend money elsewhere. Maybe you hedge your bets. You, you end up spending money at quarterback that you wouldn't necessarily have to if you had figured out the answer to that question and so the plan is to make sure he's the guy or not before you have this space and everything they have done to this point indicates that Stidham is going to be the guy look at the acquisition they made at the quarterback position Brian Hoare why did they do that twofold one to tutor Jared Stidham he's the veteran mentor that we've seen other teams acquire like Josh McAllen times two in both Philly and with the Jets. But the other thing to keep in mind is that if we do get a shortened training camp and an abbreviated preseason, and Jared Stidham, because of the complexities of life during a global pandemic, is not ready to go week one whenever that happens, 
Well, you might not be able to get Andy Dalton up to speed in that environment. You might not be able to get Cam Newton up to speed in that environment. You might not be able to get Jameis Winston up to speed in that environment. A guy you can get up to speed is a guy that's run it before and that knows the offense inside and out and who was brought in to be basically a quarterback coach in Brian Hoyer. And so putting all of this together, again, I'm probably speaking to the converted here because odds are if you're listening to the show, you're of the same mindset here that the plan is Stenum. And there might be some that question it. There might be some that say the kid's not going to be ready. Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough if he's ready or not. But they had to find that out because of the 2021 situation because of the cap situation they're in right now. And we'll find it out. A lot of people have joked that, oh, the Patriots are tanking. They're tanking, they're tanking, they're tanking. They're not tanking. Dave Brown at the at that Dave Brown on Twitter said it best. Belichick is more likely to acquire a tank and take the first overall pick by force. Belichick's not planning to lose games. But we also have a bit of reality to deal with. Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City with those Houston and Kansas City games on the road. Trips to Seattle and Los Angeles to play the Seahawks and the Rams. A trip to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. A trip to Vegas to play the Raiders. Like, this is a tough schedule, and I've said it before. I'll say it again here. Belichick could coach out of his mind next year, and Stidham could be the guy. And they could finish 8-8. In which case, you've got $100 million to spend at a position other than quarterback... And Jamar Chase might be there when you're picking at, say, 15-16. Or Gregory Rousseau, the edge from Miami. Or Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. Or Penny Sewell, the left tackle from Oregon. Like, And suddenly, that 2021 roster looks stacked. And so, this idea that the Patriots don't have a plan, which is what set me off in the beginning, they have a plan. They're executing on this plan. But like any well-constructed plan, you have a plan B. The plan A is that Jared Stenham is the guy. And do you think that Bill Belichick would have made the moves that he had done if he didn't think Jared Stenham could be the guy? If he wasn't convinced in one way or another that Jared Stenham would be able to be their quarterback going forward... Don't you think he would have addressed the position? They didn't. They brought in Brian Hoyer. Now, maybe Belichick's going full-on double birds to the world, and he's like, I'm going to replace Tom Brady with Brian Hoyer. Maybe he's doing that, but I think it's far more likely that Stadium is plan A. Hoyer is plan B. And if both plan A and plan B fail for 2020, they'll address it with a plan C in free agency and or the draft in 2021. That's a plan. People might not like it. It might not do a ton of numbers and clicks and radio hits, but that's the plan. And so we're along for the ride, and I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be a ton of fun to watch this kid next year. So I'll get off the soapbox for now. Check the piece out because I go into a lot of stuff that I didn't even touch on here. I, I gave you some of the nuts and bolts of it, but check it out. TouchdownWireUSAToday.com. Up next, a steamy night in Death Valley. That is ahead on episode 105 of The Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 105 of The Sco Show. And look, we're back to two shows a week now. We'll be running sort of this way through the summer. Um, 
as it stands right now, it doesn't look like there'll be a summer vacation or anything like that because who knows what's happening in the real world. Um, so anticipate two shows a week up until we get some semblance of a training camp. I'll obviously, if, if events change, if circumstances change and, you know, I do do go on a vacation with the family or something, I'll let you guys know what's going to be happening. Um, as we get sort of out of the post-draft phase, we will shift into our usual sort of summer-type content. You might get some, you know, throwback shows, things like that. Last summer, I did Patriots A to Z um, over at Locked On Patriots. I don't know if I'll go down that road again, but I might, you know, maybe. So we'll see. But that's kind of the rough outline of what's going to happen going forward. I want to take you back now. I want to take you back to a steamy September night down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Because back in, you know, 2018, that college football season, Saturday, September 22nd, 2018 to be exact, it was one of those steamy fall afternoons late September down on the bayou, right? Temperature down there in Baton Rouge reached a high of 91. Thunderstorm rolled through shortly after the noontime hour. But I couldn't really dampen the spirits of the north of 100,000 people that were ready to see their beloved LSU Tigers host a game, a nighttime game, nighttime in Death Valley that night. And look, spirits were high. This was the number six team in the country in September of 2018. They had just beaten Auburn 22-21, a comeback win, knocking off Jared Stidham. You know, so expectations were high for what the host team was going to be able to do that night. And no, no no quick thunderstorm, thunder shower, early Saturday afternoon was going to dampen the spirits of those tailgaters. But the visiting team almost sent everybody home unhappy. The Tigers raced out to a 24-0 lead, but the visitors, they stormed back. And early in the fourth quarter, this was a three-point game. The Tigers had a 24-21 lead. But then LSU, they scored 14 unanswered. And they pulled away. They win 38-21. After the game, Coach O, Ed O'Geron, Complimented the losing side. There was a letdown in the second half. We got hit in the face. Had a great game plan. Couldn't stop them. Kept us off balance. We won the game, but it wasn't good enough. Obviously, we're not happy. Go Tigers. I threw in the Go Tigers in the accent there, and it's probably not the best Ed O impression you'll ever hear, but I had to give it a shot. Now, the visiting team that night, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Their quarterback, brand new quarterback for the New England Patriots, Jamar Smith. Smith that night went 27 of 50 for 330 yards and three touchdowns against a defense that the next year would win a national championship. He did it on the road in one of the game's most hostile environments, and he displayed some of the traits that make him a very enticing undrafted free agent option for the Patriots. Now, look, a single game doesn't, you know, that doesn't satisfy the requirement that a scout would have you know, for an NFL team in terms of studying a player. And I wouldn't do a full, you know, scouting profile on a guy just watching one game. And obviously I haven't just watched one game of Smith. You know, if you watch his 2019 tape, you will see anticipation throws, progression reads, the, the traits that we were just talking about with Jared Stidham, that the Patriots value at the position. But one night can tell a story. And on this night, a steamy night down in the bayou, the story that was told was of a quarterback that moves well in the pocket, but is not afraid to hang in there and deliver, knowing he's about to take a pop, a quarterback who makes the anticipation throws necessary to achieve at a higher level. In other words, the quarterback for the modern game. And in a piece going up over at Pat's pulpit, I walk you through some of the plays you see from him. The ability 
to react to pressure off the edge by clicking and climbing in the pocket, keeping the eyes downfield, eyes downfield, trained for targets, then making throws on the move to all levels of the field. A quarterback with the play strength and situational awareness to avoid a sack when he should have been taken to the turf. A quarterback who can climb and slide and move around in the pocket and then keep, again, those eyes downfield and deliver an absolute rope on an in-breaking route when bodies are flying all around him. But he never drops the eyes. Those eyes never come down from scanning for downfield targets. And in, in anticipation, oh boy, could this kid make anticipation throws. He had one of those, quote, NFL throws, right? The out route, middle of the field to the left sideline. Even double clutches. His mind is so much faster than the play that he knows where he's going with it, but he has to double clutch because the guy's not even starting his break. He has to reset himself to sync it up a little bit better, but the ball still comes out on time, in rhythm, with anticipation, velocity, placement along the left sideline. A quarterback that was making anticipation throws in between the hash marks, in between the numbers, on routes breaking into the middle of the field, where he had to get it out with anticipation because if he doesn't, that underneath hole linebacker is going to destroy his receiver. Now, this was just one steamy night down in the bayou. One steamy night in front of 102,000 fans. But he did this in front of that rabid crowd against a defense that held number eight Miami in the start of the season, the first game of the season, to 17 points. They held then number seven Auburn with Jared Stidham to 21 points. They held then number two Georgia to 16 points and then number 22 Mississippi State to three points. But on this night, Smith and the Bulldogs, they hung 21 on them on the road in front of 102,321 Tigers fans who were thinking that their team was the best in the country. Now that night alone, Smith checked a ton of the boxes you want to see from a prospect. The movement, the anticipation, the situational awareness, the velocity, the ball placement, the athleticism, the escapability, the pocket toughness. Because there was a play where he had a free runner at him from the linebacker spot and he hunted in there. Other quarterbacks might bail. He didn't. He hunted in there. He knew he was probably going to take a shot. He got it out and a a lineman peeled back and got just enough of that linebacker at the last second so he didn't take a huge shot. But he had to think it was coming, and he didn't flinch. Now, is it fair for you know somebody to say that Smith might be the starter? No. Again, I just spent 19 minutes telling you that it's Jared Stidham's show. I'm not going to give you the old bait and switch and say, oh, by the way, this Jamar Smith kid might win the job. No. But I think if we're looking at Lewerke, who I said last week had a good shot to make this team, and now Smith, my money's on Smith making this team over Lewerke. Why? Well, I think he brings more to the table, number one. Number two, it's this. I just told you about the teams that the Patriots have to play next year. Let's talk about some of the quarterbacks they have to play next year. Mahomes. Watson. Jackson. Wilson, Tungo Vailoa, potentially, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray, 
Are you sensing a theme, a pattern here? Young athletic quarterbacks that can throw on the move, that can stress defenses with their legs. If you are Bill Belichick, if you are Steve Belichick, and you're thinking, how are we going to get our defense ready to play these guys? You want somebody that can come close to replicating what those guys can do even just in the same vicinity of what those guys can do. Smith can do that. Smith will give this defense the look they'll need to see week in and week out to get ready to face that murderer's row of quarterbacks. And it's a murderer's row. Forget the 27 Yankees. Look at that list. So my money's on Smith. I think as a quarterback prospect alone, there's the skill set, but what he can do and what he showed that night down in the bayou tells me he's the guy, rather than Brian the Werke, who can give this defense the looks it will need to see week in and week out to be as good as they can be. And if, as I didn't really dive into in the first half of the show, but it's in the USA Today piece, if the plan is to Hat tip Dave Archibald, win some 17-14 rock fights. You need that defense to be as good as it can possibly be, and it might start with the guy that's going against them each week in practice. That will do it for today. I will be back later this week for show 106, I believe. Until then, stay safe. Wash those hands. Check in on your neighbors, your loved ones. Use those Zoom calls. We've got Zoom calls scheduled for both sides of the family each day, each weekend. That's a great way to catch up with people. Um, wash those hands and as you do sit along and bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxville